0: Good morning. Man, it's good to see you. I almost cannot see you. In fact, Marie, you are, you are blind to me, right? Because of this. I'm sorry about that. I'll move that a little bit. It's great to be with you today. We are I, I, I don't There is just something special about the Upper Peninsula. Is there not? Some of you have come from miles away to go to school here some of you came to go to school here 30 years ago and you just can't leave <laughs> you're waiting for that degree no <laughs> I, some of you, some of you come and you you hang out with family here. Some of you, you're, you're like I'm. We came 17 years ago, and and I I can't find a place that I'd rather be rather than in the Upper Peninsula. It is a a place, and I did not understand it at first. Okay, it takes a little while to understand. But the some of the most amazing people that I've met in my life live here in the Upper Peninsula, and I'm really grateful for that. We, when we first got here, people would talk about downstate, and the, no joke, I'm thinking, are they talking about Appleton? <laughs> you know, what are, they, what are they talking about? Well, I had to learn, you know, <laughs> what it was, uh, and how, how people here in the UP think, but we're, we're, we're three, more than three hours from the, the nearest uh, city that's, that's larger than we are, okay? That does something to your mind, all right? Not in, not in May, June, and July, and August, or even September, but by October, it starts creeping into your mind, oh, we got to get, oh, we, well, we you know, you're just like, what, what do we need, do we need toilet paper, let's go to Green Bay, you know? I mean, Right? <laughs> Is, am I wrong? Please, someone, see, nobody's saying a word, okay? So that's how I, think about this. The longest suspension bridge in North America separates us from the rest of our state, okay? I, I, can you imagine being a deer hunter before that bridge was made when you were waiting for the ferry for opening day deer season? That was terrible. Uh, I don't know if you if you caught this, but there was a a campaign that Mountain Dew uh, just did, and they did a, a, a bottle for every state. Okay, now we've all heard stories. Okay, I've heard stories of 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 teacher of the year in Michigan, refusing to to take the the award because the it the plaque did not have the Upper Peninsula where the teacher was from. Okay, but Mountain Dew. Okay. Mountain Dew, think of the resources that that stupid drink has associated with it. My name is Kevin. I was addicted uh, to Mountain Dew for many years. But just think of that, okay? And they did not include the Upper Peninsula on Michigan, on the Michigan bottle. On their map, they included it in Wisconsin talking Mountain Dew, okay, and as a result, they had to come out with a 51st bottle, a special UP edition, just to apologize for that incredible mistake. (laughs) Now, we know, okay, and I'm not, this is not meant to scare anyone into repentance or anything like that but we know that winter lasts a tad longer here than it does in Detroit, okay? It just does. And, and, and so there is something about all of these things, okay, that creates and fosters an attitude of, of isolation that can creep into our lives here in the in the upper peninsula do you you understand what i'm talking about okay it is something that is a reality okay um and and it creeps into our attitude i i I'm, i'm gonna really take a big risk here okay um and and i know that there are folks here that that uh are not they're you're not from the upper peninsula but just let me illustrate this attitude okay um, there's, a, there's a camp that I have visited many times uh, along the Paint River, and, uh, and in that camp, and I, I, tend, I go grouse hunting there uh, from time to time, and uh, the, the, there's some really interesting stuff on the wall, okay, and I, I don't have time to go into all of it, but one of the things that hangs on that wall in that camp is called uh, the Youper creation story, okay? Have, you, have any of you heard of the Uper creation story? Okay, not very many of you, but there are a few. Let me, I'm just going to, I'm going to take a second here, okay? Uh, here it is, and I have to read this grammatically accurately, okay? Are you with me? I'm not mocking anyone, okay? This is how it is actually written. Okay, in the beginning, there was nothing, on the first day, God created the Upper Peninsula. On the second day, He created the partridge, the deer, the bear, the fish and the ducks. On the, on the, I always think this next line should be changed. Just on the third day, God said, "Let there be Eupers to roam the UP." On the fourth day, he created the underworld below. (laughs) On the fifth day, he said, Let there be trolls to live in the world down below. (laughs) On the sixth day, he created the bridge so the trolls would have a way to get to heaven. (laughs) God said, It was good. And on the seventh day, he went hunting. <laughs> now, let me, let okay, just think with me for a moment, okay? We live in a place that willingly offends, you know, 80% of the population of our own state, okay? <laughs> Taking the risk that it would further isolate us from everyone else in our state. It is true that it's this, you know, the story of creation, it's, it's almost accurate, you know, uh, parts of it are accurate, but in Genesis 2.18, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. God created you, and he created me that we should be together. That's how God made us. God did not create us to be the Lone Ranger. Despite how you may feel or even how you may live your life, God did not create you to be alone. Now I brought <clears throat> a couple things with me here today. And I, I want you to, um, to take a look at them. Um, I don't want anybody to rush the, the platform or anything. <clears throat> um, but uh, these were taken from uh, our home. Uh <clears throat> and off the shelf of a particular young man in uh my home there was a cobweb on that one <clears throat> and um these are anybody know what these are called legos. legos that's right um the lego company okay and and i mean these are legos right okay um i don't know how many of you can catch but i'm going to just toss a couple out there whoops that one you don't have to worry about giving them back <laughs> or anything <laughs> If, if I throw some of these out there, okay, to you, I want you to, uh, I want you to look at those. those. Those are Legos, right? Okay? These, these things, I got to make sure I actually grab the right pieces. <clears throat> but these are, these are just pieces of plastic. Literally, it's just a piece of molded plastic. That's it. Okay? Daniel, do you have one? Did you get? Okay, what can you build with that? With that Lego, what can you build with it? You can build a single brick, okay? You could build a rock, okay? But, but that's it, okay? But this company was founded in 1942. It has roots that go back further than that, but, but it was officially called Lego in 1942. And this, this company has had a little bit of success, Okay, the word Lego is Dutch. Okay, I don't want you to venture what that Dutch word would, would be, but in English it means play well. Okay, and the thing about Legos that, that parents love is that there's, it's not a video game. Okay, so parents are willing to spend a bazillion dollars because it's not a video game. Across the world, there are 132 Lego retail stores. All they sell is Legos. If you have, uh, I think boys maybe a little more than girls, but if you go to the Mall of America, where does your kid want to go? If you've got a young kid, they want to go to the Lego store. Okay, that's what they want to do. There's 30, 132 of those across America. There are seven. Legoland amusement parks in the world. Think of that. There have been, I don't know how many movies have been made, but there are. And, and I, when one of them came out, Isaac and I went to one of them, and I got to tell you, it was, it was awesome. It was a great movie. And there are lines that, uh, that we say, that Isaac and I say, that the rest of the family gets mad about because they weren't at the movie and they're not in on it. And they get irritated. Just to give you an idea, okay, there are Legos at the International uh, Space Center. In, in outer space, there are Legos there to test uh, astronauts and how they are able to think and do things in, in, a, in a, a limited gravity situation, okay? Okay. That's that's incredible to me that that they're that far into, uh, not just in our culture, but the world. And several years ago, they were were not, in fact, they took over uh, from a car company, Ferrari, they took over as the number one most powerful brand in the world. Plastic. Plastic. But if you take two of these things, okay, if you took two of them, Daniel, what can you do with them? Hmm? What can you do with them? You can put them together. You, they snap together. And so then as parents, you're like, well, this is feeding into my child's creativity. So you spend all this money on these things and they, it takes them 10 minutes Christmas Day, okay? Christmas Day, 10 minutes, all right? And they put them together, and then you say, well, why not take it apart and do it again? No, I'm going to put it on my shelf. You get literally 10 minutes of activity out of that, you know, incredibly expensive uh, Christmas toy. The largest model, okay, ever made had 5 million pieces in it. This company is the largest, uh, it's, it's financially, it's the biggest toy company in the world. They're valued at $14.6 billion from taking two pieces of plastic and snapping them together. Together. That's it. That's all that it is. There's literally no limit. Together, they're better they're bigger than the sum of their parts. And I want to tell you that I believe that the church is designed to be exactly the same way. And there are some of us that have been living life as a single Lego. Ah, man, we're, we're, we've been infused with Jesus, you know. We're, we love God, but, but we're a single Lego. Separately, we're just living life. But there's so much more that God wants to do. In Matthew 16, 18, Jesus said, I will build my church. That word build literally means house builder. It means to construct. God has designed you and I to fit together, to build something bigger than ourselves. When we come together, we become something so much more than when we're isolated and alone. 30 years after Jesus died and was resurrected, the Apostle Paul writes the book of Ephesians, which is a letter. Now, Ephesians is located in modern-day Turkey. And it was really important because for the Greeks it was a regional training center in the Mediterranean trading center in the Mediterranean. For the Romans, it was a, a provincial capital. It was home to the temple of Artemis. That temple was considered one of the seven wonders of the world. It was one of Paul's stops on his missionary journey. So he understood the culture very well. He knew that there was a very diverse group of believers, just like in the church today. In this room, we have people, if, if now, if I mention where you're originally from, okay? Will you, will you do me the favor? Will you let me know that you're here? Okay. Is that all right? Can you do that? Yep. Okay. We have people from Wisconsin. Woo-hoo! What? <laughs> like that. that was better than I even thought it would be. We've got people that are here that are from Malaysia. One lone voice, but they're here. How about Taiwan? All right, a little higher voice than than that. Uh, we have people that are from we have people that are from Michigan. Okay, all right. We have people that are here from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. I think Michigan actually beat that out. That was kind of surprising. People here from Africa? I thought that'd be a little stronger. But we're from all over the place. We are a diverse church. That That was the situation in Ephesus. In that church, it was a very diverse group of people. And so here's what Paul, in this topic of his letter, he talks about unity. Here's what he says in chapter 2, beginning at verse 17. He came, referring to Jesus, and preached peace to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Consequently you are no longer foreigners and strangers but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Jesus or with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple of the Lord. And in him you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So through unity, through being together, you and I experience through Jesus Christ the peace that God has for us. Let's talk about, first this morning, peace and unity. Let me ask you this. When was the last time you walked into a new church setting, brand new church setting? For some of you, it was today, okay? That's the last time it happened in your life. But think about it. If, you, if you've been going to church for a while, when's the last time that you walked into a, a, just a brand new church setting for the first time without knowing anyone? How did that make you feel? For many, it would be slightly uncomfortable because you don't know anyone. You're not really sure who these people are. In fact, you're not totally convinced that they might not be a cult. Okay? Let, hey, let's just, when we go into a place for the first time, we're, we're, we really kind of are pretty, uh, you know, we, we're undecided. But then a greeter smiles at you. The usher is nice to you and does not sit you in the front row. You hear a familiar worship song. People start to enter into the worship. The pastor doesn't say anything totally heretical. After the service, you have a couple of brief conversations. People seem almost normal. And you think to yourself, I could attend church here. We all have the desire to fit in in this world. I don't think anybody comes to church to not fit in. Okay, I think that we we want to connect. We want to be able to feel like we belong somewhere. The church in Ephesus was dealing with this issue of unity in a pretty big way, and Paul talks about those he says who are far away and those who are near. He's not talking about a crosstown campus uh, of your church. Okay, that's not what he's talking about when he says far away and near. He's not, he's not talking, uh, he, he's, he talks about um, uh, those who are foreigners and those who are strangers. He's not talking about first-time guests. And he's not going to go into a dialogue about, hey, take this opportunity to grab that Connect card from the seat pocket in front of you and fill it out and put it in the offering. That's not what he's talking about. What he's talking about here is a a divide that has existed literally for, for hundreds and hundreds of years, which now is being brought together. He's talking about Jews and Gentiles being in the same setting together, worshiping the same God. And they realize how difficult that this really is. So, I want you to think about this for a moment. Paul is referring to the fact that within this same group of believers, this same listening audience, because, you see, they, they didn't have, okay, they didn't have uh, podcasts. Now, I'm, I'm learning to love podcasts, okay, because I, I have begun to, to realize I can listen to whatever I want whenever I want, okay? rather than turning on the radio and checking three stations in my area, I can now listen to whatever I want. They, they, couldn't, um, they couldn't Google, you know, Paul's letter to the Ephesians, okay? They didn't have uh, the, the Bible app. They didn't have, even as, as crazy as it sounds, they didn't have a newspaper, okay? We, we're not going to have a newspaper on Sundays anymore, it sounds like here in Marquette, but they didn't have that. The only way, they didn't have the post office to even just, because we send letters out, I don't send a letter to Dennis and expect Dennis to hand it to somebody else that's in his neighborhood from Silver Creek. It's, we just don't do it that way. First of all, it would never get there. We would all, we would all lose them, okay? They, they would get together, and they would have a reading of that letter publicly in their midst, that's how the information that Paul was giving them was disseminated to them. And within the sound of that voice that was reading that letter, there was such a difference, there was such a variety of people that they struggled to be able to come together. Because historically, Jews and Gentiles do not mix. In fact, the, the, the Jews had a word for Gentiles. Dog. Dog. Now, some of you are like, oh, puppy. No, no. In the worst sense of the word, they were called Gentile dogs. Remember the the woman at the well when Jesus began to talk to her? Why would you, a Jew, talk to me who is a Samaritan? The Jews and Gentiles did not mix. There was something about them. So, Paul is preaching, Paul is writing about the spirit of unity. And he uses the word peace. And that word peace, he's referring to them being reconciled to God. So when when he writes in chapter 2 and verse 8, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is a gift from God. He's talking about Jew and Gentile, slave and free, man and woman. There is no longer any division. There is no one who is better than the rest. The Bible says that our righteousness is as filthy rags. The Bible says that there is none who is righteous. The Bible says that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and we all stand before Him simply forgiven. It brings us together. We are one in Jesus. There is no division. There is no Jew. There is no Gentile. There is no slave. There is no free. There is no man. There is no woman. We are all One in Christ. Look at verse 14 of Ephesians 2. For he himself is our peace, who has made us the two groups one, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. I want you to understand that that barrier, that dividing wall of hostility, the enemy wants to still rise up among us as the body of Christ. Do you realize that? And he wants us to be divided. Because if he realizes that he can divide us, and if he's able to do so, he weakens the church. Because she does not have the same power. Our focus should be to come together and to lean into the the grace and the unity that Jesus brings us as the church. Next, there's this this peace that happens during the presence or in the presence of God. I'm going to have the worship team come up. Now, I don't know if you've been watching the news, but so far in 2019, up until yesterday, there had been 17 mass shootings in the United States. And those mass shootings would be described as... uh, Uh, an incident where at least a minimum of three people, not including the shooter, were killed. Yesterday was 18. In Texas, uh, there was a situation where five uh, were killed, and I believe 21 were wounded, and some are critically wounded. I mean, when you think about that happening in our country, Anxiety and depression are a reality, statistics tell us, for 76 million people, adults in the United States. This week I spent about two hours talking with a dad who was telling me the story of his son because of depression, completing suicide. We desperately are in need of authentic peace. Paul is crystal clear in the verses I read a moment ago where he he tells us peace is not a thing. Peace is not a circumstance. Peace is not a possession. Peace is not a feeling. Peace is a person. Jesus himself is our peace. And we find that peace in two ways. One, when we accept Jesus as our personal Savior, and the second, when we get, to other, get together with others who've had that same experience of being in Christ, we experience God's peace in a greater way. The evidence of that, the Bible says literally, the fruit of the Spirit, the evidence of The evidence that we are in Christ. Love, joy, peace. That's the evidence. Galatians 5.22, if you want to look that up. Peace is not something that we can generate within ourselves. It's not something that we can just try hard enough. It's something that is produced in us through the Holy Spirit. Ephesians, back to our text in chapter 2, verse 21 and 22. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises up to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together uh, to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Paul told the Corinthians, he said, your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. I think of these uh, these. Legos, okay, they're, 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 they're plastic. They're all, that that's what they are. They just shoot it into a mold. We are, our bodies are designed to be a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. But what happens when we come together with other believers? We start getting snapped into, into the body of Christ. We start... Uh, being able to be something bigger than we are on our own. We begin to be built together, and together we become literally a dwelling place for God's Spirit. There is something that happens in us when we come to know Christ, His peace is in us, but when we get together as the body of Christ, there is a peace that is available to us. As that body of Christ. Peter says this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. Like living stones are, built, are being built into a spiritual house. By being in Christ, it means that his spirit resides in us. We are literally individual stones. We are literally stones that are used to build that temple that houses God's spirit we're being fit together the same way you fit together all of these Legos that's what's happening in us in the body of Christ we're being fit together to become something that is bigger than we would be alone that is able to experience God's presence and his peace in a greater way than we would be able to alone and on our own now wouldn't it be great If we could experience God's peace just one time, and that would be it. That would be all we we would ever need. Friends, peace is not a vaccine. Peace isn't something that we get from God that inoculates us from trouble. We're told in the scripture that we're going to have trouble in this world. And some of you, right now, you're saying, yeah, that's right, and I've had more than my fair share You know what that is. We are going to have difficulty. We are going to have trouble in this world. But that doesn't mean that we're not going to have peace. In fact, what it does mean is that we need to stay connected to the source of our peace, both individually and corporately. You see, worldly peace is so, it, it's so temporary, it's so fragile, it's based on how I feel. But the peace from God comes from a, little, a literal, never-changing, always-present spirit of God. And it's not a one-time thing, it's not an event. But it's something that gets renewed in us every time we get together as the body of Christ. We sense it. In worship, we sense it when people are praying for us at the altar. We sense it because of the anointing of the Holy Spirit that what is being said connects directly with my heart and I realize it's God, the eternal God, interacting with my spirit. And I'm encouraged and I have peace as a result. Jesus said in John chapter 14, he said... But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said. So here's what Jesus says. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Some of you walked in this place today and you feel like an individual Lego. You've experienced salvation. You know who Jesus is. But you feel all alone. You're just a single Lego. You love Jesus. But that's what you feel like. I believe that God wants to take you and he wants to fit you Together with others in the body of Christ. Maybe, maybe you're here and, and you'd have to say, you know what, Pastor, I'll, I'll be honest, I've never, I've never even experienced a relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, that's where we would start. Just inviting Him to be in your life. Maybe you say you identify it because you don't have any peace. You'd say, man, I am I have no peace inside me. Let me tell you what you need is Jesus Christ. Because He is our peace. And if you're a believer and you walked in here today and you feel, you know what, I, I don't feel that connection. That is what He desires, to fit us together.